Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, y'all? How y'all doing out there? It's Monday, and for the first time since week one, the Houston Texans have a victory Monday. And as much crap Cody and I has talked throughout this week, this team came off of a bye. And in the last two games that they played in, 10 turnovers total. And it didn't stop on yesterday as they took on the Tennessee Titans. Welcome into the Locked On Texans podcast. I am one half of your host. John Hickman, follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. And, of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Cody Davis. We are here for one reason and one reason only. And for the first time in forever, like I mentioned, this will be a good reason. Yes, sir. Texans, Cody, go ahead and take them <laughs> down that yellow brick road, bring them up down to 16 and Kirby, give them a rundown, and let's get into it. Yes, sir. And on this victory Monday of Locked On Texans, John and I are going to, of course, talk about the defense because this is a defense as you just alluded to john 10 takeaways in two games of course they had a big performance against the tennessee titans so we're going to talk about the defense and then we're going to close out this latest installment of locked on texans by just looking at the coaching because look we have given the coaching staff a lot of crap outside of that week one victory against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And we have to give them flowers because they coached a really good game on yesterday. But of course, we're going to start off with some numbers and then take a look at this offense more so Tyrod Taylor. Absolutely. And in this 22-13 victory over the Tennessee Titans, Tyrod Taylor, 14 to 24 from the floor, not from the floor, I'm sorry, uh, but from the field for 107 yards, was not sacked on Sunday. And this is a Tennessee Titan team that has been getting after quarterbacks. But he was not sacked on Sunday, had a 73.5 QBR with a 69.3 passer rating. The Houston Texans rushed for a total of 83 yards, two touchdowns. Those two touchdowns came from the legs of Tyrod Taylor. So I was happy to see that hamstring has officially healed all the way. Also, the defense, you know, the Houston Texans linebackers did come to play. Zach Cunningham and Kamal Grugier-Hill combined for 23 total tackles, one tackle for loss, and three pass deflections. Houston did get two sacks on the day, one coming with a strip sack from Jacob Martin later in that fourth quarter. And Ross Blacklock, the kid from Rose City, he got his sack as well on Sunday. As I mentioned, the Houston Texans had four interceptions, uh, out of the five takeaways on Sunday, two from Desmond King. When we talked about Deontay Foreman having a revenge game, this was Desmond King's revenge game. Two interceptions, uh, Kamal Grugier here with one interception, and Mitchell, Terrence Mitchell had one interception as well. The interception that Mitchell had was one, was the one that sealed the game. And also some more numbers for you guys. The Houston Texans were at 6 of 17 on third down which isn't pretty, but the best side is they held the Tennessee Titans to 6 of 15 on third down as well. So that has been an improvement from the third down woes Houston has experienced during that winning, that losing streak. I'm sorry. They did, uh, what is it, seven penalties on Sunday for 50 yards. 
that which is something that they wanted to clean up and that's the area that they continue to uh get better at as well but the number for me cody was the amount of turnovers that houston caused which was five on sunday and i'm super excited to highlight that defense and you know the conversation and i want to pass it over to you cody and i want to kind of resonate a good feeling with the listeners if you don't mind but the conversations around whether or not lovey smith is relevant in this league whether or not these linebackers can understand these simple assignments enough to impact the games on a consistent basis, right? That has been a conversation that a fair conversation for this team, but I want to look at that front seven. We've talked about the front four a lot, rightfully so, but the front seven on Sunday played a hell of a game. We saw more blitzes out of this defense uh, Sunday. They were able to get out the Ryan Tannehill in his face, affected a lot of those passes. Malik Collins, where we looked at, we've talked about Shaq Lawson being a failure. We've talked about, uh, Philip Lindsay being a failure. We've talked about a lot of free agents that were brought in that has been failures up to this point. Malik Collins had a great day, right? And so I'm looking at this defense for the first time, I would say, since maybe the Browns game where they collectively play great as a unit, getting after the quarterback, not allowing the teams to run wild on them, and creating turnovers. And I think that – Regardless of what we thought throughout the week, this is one of those times where we moonwalk it back a little bit and just congratulate them on the job that they did. A job well done to that defense, man. I I was I was kind of blown away because this Tennessee Titan team has played great teams. They put up some numbers in the last couple of weeks, and Houston held them to 13 points. Hmm. And look, to your statement about what you and I have talked about a lot here on Locked On Texans, which is whether or not Lovey Smith's coaching philosophy that Tampa 2 defense is outdated. Yes, the Texans did put on a great defensive performance. As you as we mentioned, probably what for the fifth time since we started this show today, five takeaways, four of those five interceptions. Of course, that played into the factor into why you and I are sitting here hosting a victory Monday. I don't want to say. I don't want to do too much moonwalking on whether or not Lovey Smith's coaching philosophy is outdated because we have to keep this in mind. Yes, we're going to celebrate this victory. Yes, we're going to celebrate the defensive performance of the Houston Texans, but we got to keep in mind this was a team that played against a Tennessee Titans team that did not have Derrick Henry, that did not have Julio Jones, and they lost A.J. Brown in the first in the first quarter, if I'm not mistaken, or the second quarter. So this was a wounded team that they was playing against. But what I would say is this. Regardless of everything you and I have talked about, the Lovey Smith Tampa 2 defense on whether or not it is outdated or not, I do want to mention his coaching philosophy about making plays on the ball, creating takeaways is something that is never going to be outdated because it doesn't matter if they was playing against the Tennessee Titans without the three-headed monsters that I just finished talking about, or if we want to take it back a little bit and go back to even in the game when they lost 40 to nothing. Um, they even had an opportunity to record a, a takeaway, which was an interception. Of course, that was done by Lonnie Johnson in the game against the Buffalo Bills when they lost 40 to nothing. So, they, they still showcase the ability to create takeaways and more so create interceptions. So 
this game on the defensive side of the ball, to me at least, John, wasn't more so whether or not Lovey Smith's Tampa 2 defense is outdated. It's more so whatever he's preaching in terms of taking the ball away from the opposing team offense, it just proves that that theory at least is something that is resonated within the Houston Texans defense. And it's the reason why, well, what are we now? 10 games until the 2021 season, regardless of their record, they currently have 14 takeaways in total for the entire season. That is something that has to be said about the Houston Texans defense, Absolutely. especially led by Lovey Smith. And I also want to add that the offense did, a, I think, a, a good job, which we'll get into, a good job of, a, of at least sustaining drives so their defense can get a break, right? We've seen that in countless games, whether we go back to Carolina, whether we go back to Cleveland, whether we go back to the New England game, you know, we have games where it's evident that in the first half, the defense is creating problems for opposing offenses because, you know, they're still fresh. And then the second half rolls around and we're looking at them like, what happened? Well, what happened is I'm on the field too much. I'm doing way too much and I'm not even getting paid all that much. Like, you know, that one worker that goes to work like, man, y'all want to do all this? I ain't signing for all this now. We got to intercept the ball, take it back to the house, get back on the field. Some of us play special teams. And so I, I want to – the defense was able to create those turnovers, get off the field, stop drives. So stop, drives aren't long drives. Tennessee didn't have many long drives, and the offense was able to do the opposite, sustain drives, whether they got touchdowns or not, and they did get two touchdowns by the way of Tyrod Taylor's leg. They was able to, you know, get field goals. They were able to just have enough time out on that field where the defense could get their break. And I can't wait to talk about the offense a little bit more, which is what we'll get into in the second half. And you guys got to understand how excited I am for today's show. I'm on vacation right now. I know you guys are used to the yellow wall background and, you know, everything, but I'm on vacation right now. I got my, my I'm in Florida, so I got my, my hat, my, my do-rag going. And I said, you know what? I got to do this show. I got to do this show. And I can't wait to tell you guys about direct TV stream. Listen, get your TV life together, ladies and gentlemen. And I'll tell you why. There are so many different benefits from direct tv stream the best benefit is you can get all of your favorites in one spot so that's your favorite show favorite movies and sports all in one place there's no annual contract so stop waiting and get your tv life together with direct tv stream you can learn more at directtv.com that's directtv.com the offense put up 22 points on the road the most points that they've scored on the road since the cleveland brown game and the most points that they've scored uh, since the Rams, right, in, the, in that, that late fourth quarter attempt at a comeback. But the offense put up 22 points, and I was super uh, – I'm not going to say excited, but I was happy to see what I saw from a Tyrod Taylor-led offense. And so we'll get into that a little bit more on the other side. 
Welcome back into Locked On Texans. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for making Locked On Texans your first listen every single day. And remember that we are available on all streaming platforms. Now, in the first segment, John and I talked about how well this defense played. And John, you mentioned in that first segment that the defense actually had a really good game throughout the entire day because the offense was able to sustain drives. And that's something that I actually want to expand on in this second segment because Tyrod Taylor, (laughs) look, I know when you take a look at his numbers, you see him finishing a game with only 107 passing yards. You might think to yourself, man, Taylor might have had a bad day. And the second half was subpar at best. But when you take a look at Tyrod Taylor's performance in this victory against the Tennessee Titans, what I do want to mention is this. And, John, I'm pretty sure you remember this. When we were trying to find players, quarterbacks that the Texans can actually use after the whole debacle going on with Deshaun Watson, I mentioned Tyrod Taylor. And part of the reason why I wanted Tyrod in Houston was because I said that he isn't a quarterback that's going to win you the game, but he's not a quarterback that's actually going to lose a game for you. And if the defense do their job and he has, let's say, one or two reliable targets on the offensive side of the ball and the offensive line do a pretty decent job and by the way they actually did on yesterday he is a quarterback that isn't going to lose you the game he's actually a quarterback that's going to help you sustain that level in play in hopes of getting getting a victory you saw what took place in week one against the Jacksonville Jaguars and we say this a lot here on Locked On Texans is if it wasn't for his hamstring injury the Texans would not be sitting here at two and eight and John, everything that we talked about and everything that we kind of assumed the Tyrod Taylor experience was going to be here in the city of Houston when healthy, yesterday was the best example of that. Because not only did Tyrod Taylor not get sacked, but he also, <laughs> look, he had a better performance because one, he took care of football. He did not throw not one interception. There was a moment where he did kind of drop the, he, he, he botched the snap, but that was only because of the rain, but he was able to recover that. But look, this man took care of football and he actually gave the Houston Texans a boost in their run game because he rushed for not one, but two touchdowns in the win. In the second half, things got a little bit shaky for Tyrod, but I do want to mention is this. One of Tyrod Taylor's best attributes as a quarterback is his game management skills, and it didn't matter if the Houston Texans went three and out or if they was able to sustain the drive late in the fourth quarter. His game managing plays in the pocket is part of the reason why that we are sitting here having a victory Monday. And look, once again, I know Tyrod Taylor isn't the dynamic quarterback that's going to you know, lead this team on a on a on a crazy run, but he showcased everything that you and I talked about, everything you and I previewed, everything you and I've been dreaming about ever since he went down with that hamstring injury. Once again, Tyrod Taylor isn't a quarterback that's going to win you the game, but he's also not a quarterback that's going to lose you the game as well. Yeah, Tyrod played a good game, I think, for what what we what we got out of him on Sunday. But one one thing that I saw from Sunday that we haven't seen. I don't, I don't think this entire year, if so, maybe one game was zero sacks. When Davis Mills was a quarterback, there was moments where, of course, the offensive line played bad, but there was moments where Davis Mills wasn't able to break out and, and do anything because, you know, he's still trying to get adjusted to defenses in this league in the speed of the game. But as Ty, with Tyrod, you know, his legs is a part of his package with zero sacks. And you saw a quarterback that was able to 
like you say, scored two touchdowns with his leg, which is something that we weren't able to see out of Davis Mills. Move around in the pocket, extend plays for a little bit in order to keep that offense out on the field. I also wanted to mention that there has been a diminishing role for Philip Lindsay at the running back position. Only one carry for negative three yards on Sunday. And I look at him as a player that is clearly falling out of the maybe graces of what the Houston Texans want to do with that run game. Uh, I also wanted to look at Burkhead, Rex Burkhead. He had a decent game, I think, rushing the ball yesterday as well, playing that utility-style back that he's played for so long in the NFL. But offensively speaking, you know, I, I would I would credit a lot of yesterday's success to zero sacks. I, I don't know how we get around that. This has been a team where they've given up four or five, uh, a lot of costly sacks. And what those sacks do is, you know, it's not like you're going from second – to 10, I'm sorry, first and 10 to second and 13. Sometimes those sacks are going from second and eight to third and 20 at times because the quarterback that Houston had back there in Davis Mills just was processing everything, and the speed of the NFL is totally different. But when you have zero sacks, whether the offensive line played stout or whether your quarterback was just able to, you know, make magic, it helps out what you can do in the product offensively 10 times out of 10. And so I think that, you know, David Cully also said that they didn't give out any game balls on Sunday. I don't think that's fair. I think they could have chopped up those footballs somehow or, you know, brought in five footballs and you get a football center, you get a football guard. And that young center, Marissa, he had a play. He had a great game, uh, great game, excuse me, on Sunday because he had to take on Jeffrey Simmons who didn't really impact the game, right? So when you when you got a matchup like that and your guy is winning after taking on one of the hottest young D tackles in the league, you get a game ball. You get a game ball. Heck, I think they played tremendous on top of what they was getting out of Tyrod Taylor. So those are the two things that I want to look at, just the offensive line, guys. I think they did an amazing job working with the offense, with the quarterback, and looking at Phillip Lindsay and how long – you know, is, is he going to be a healthy scratch soon? Is he going to be in Jordan Aiken's position where he's on the roster, but he's just not playing? Houston also, remember, they signed Royce Freeman. You know, so at, at what point in the season do we see him? Do we see uh, less and less of Scotty Phillips? I'm sorry, not Scotty Phillips, but Philip, Philip Lindsay. And John, oh, by the way, I'm sorry. How is Nico Collins? How was that not a touchdown? I, I know. I know. This is actually the third time this season he has been robbed from his first career touchdown, man. Man, come on, man. They, that that should have been a touchdown. But, I thought you one know, butt was two feet. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, when I take a look at this offensive line, John, it also goes back to something else that you and I have been talking about over the last couple of games, that this offense is going to be as good as the offensive line is going to make them. And this offensive line after the loss of Laramie Tunsil, Justin Britt, and Marcus Cannon, uh, right. they have they have been bad, right. you know. And every time you and I came on this show, you know, we wanted to talk bad about the offense, but I kept bringing it up. Look, it's hard to, you know, break this offense down when the offensive line looked terrible. That offensive line that they had out there on yesterday, I mean, it wasn't the best, but they actually took care of the pressure that was needed and they protected the quarterback. But John, I want to ask you this question. Too, man. They exactly. look very engaged. I don't know how they don't get game balls. 
<laughs> and I want to ask you this question before moving on. And this also goes back to the importance of Tyrod Taylor. Because the weather did hamper the Texans offense in the second half, more so Taylor's ability to get it out to his receivers. If this was Davis Mills under center, do you or do you not think the Houston Texans still come out victorious, given how close the Tennessee Titans kind of almost came away victorious, you know, late in the fourth quarter? Yeah, I don't know, because I think Davis Mills would have gave Houston turnovers. My point exactly. With the rain, as you mentioned, like with the rain, uh, with how things were going in the second half, Mm -hmm. you know, with with Tennessee trying to make a comeback for Davis, would it have gotten him rattled? Mm -hmm. Would they they be able to kind of disguise coverages and and attack him differently? I think Davis Mills would have given you some turnovers. I don't think those two – like those two scores came off legs. Davis Mills, I don't think, would have been – in that position to score two tugs off his legs, right? And hmm. They talk about his sneaky athleticism and speed all the time. We may see it here and then there, but we never see it all together. I'm not 100% sure. I don't think they do. And I, I think that Tyrod was – that was a Tyrod Taylor game, 107 passing yards, not too much. That's nothing at all. Some people – some cats get that in the first half, first I mean first quarter. But then you got some two tugs with your feet, and that makes a difference. In a win and a loss for Houston. Two, three. Cody, I do know this. This is what's funny. We're not talking about it, but we need to. If you would have put some money on the Texans yesterday, damn, I should have made some money. You should have, yeah. Oh, man. That would have been Christmas presents. That would have been Christmas presents. And on top of that, you could have went to bet online or you could have doubled that. I'm going to tell you why. You know, it's Thanksgiving. We all know what that means football, right? And nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. Bet online has you covered all holiday season. More props, more odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code locked on to receive your bonus. You would have used that over the weekend and bet on them Texans, but it made you some extra cash as well. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Stuffed. Okay, BetOnline is stuffed, just like that turkey, with deals for Thanksgiving. And, of course, for the holidays, I can't talk about Thanksgiving without talking about desserts. And I can't talk about desserts here on Locked On Texans without talking about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar ever. If you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you are missing out. It's a protein bar, but it doesn't taste like one. A lot of these protein bars, man, they're no good. Talky, waxy, hard to chew. But Bill Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate. When you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more than just an experience one day that you will enjoy. In fact, you swear you're eating a candy bar. Bill Bar are low carbs, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, but high in protein. All the healthy benefits on top of being just purely delicious with so many different flavors. Why am I mentioning this to you now for Thanksgiving? You guys... I know a lot of these apple pies are going to be sitting on the table, sweet potato pie, uh, pumpkin pie, pecan pie, you know, here for us down south. And I know you want to enjoy those, but at the same time, there's a limit, and Bill Bar can be your guilty pleasure. Go to BillBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BillBar.com. 
Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked on Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Before we get out of here today, ladies and gents, you good people are you Texan fans. Hey, I'm happy for y'all, man, because personally, I was I was ready for the one and sixteen. I'm sorry. I thought that the Jacksonville Jaguars was a, a last game that Houston was gonna win for the season, but you know, I want to say it was Brandon K. Scott of 16 Sports Radio. He mentioned that, you know, any given Sunday, it was either him or Big Sarge. We had both of them on last week. But that's 100% true. Uh, true. We just saw the Miami Dolphins beat the Ravens. We saw – we've seen these teams lose, good teams in the NFL lose. And the Houston Texans took on, a, I think, a, a, a Goliath for their season in the 8-2 and two Tennessee Titans, man. And, and we got to talk about the coaching. Was there a difference for you, Cody, on yesterday from David Culley? Because to me, it looked like the players were much more engaged and focused and locked in than we've seen in the past couple of weeks. Now, that could be due to the bye week, having more time for preparation, but they just look more focused. After a week of you hearing players say, players say we need a win, we need to get a dub, we need to, we need, we need to be more disciplined, we need to be more focused. They got that win. They got that dub. Hmm. Uh, it's kind of hard for me to say because first and foremost, with them being in Tennessee and I'm not traveling, it was kind of hard for me to see David Cully's body language on the sideline. But we every heard time, flex, by the way, we heard you. Because <laughs> we but know that every... with that, you know, you be in Houston and you be at the game. And oh yeah, be... oh yeah. Sunday, I, I will be there and I will have an opportunity to see this a little bit more. But every time they show. David Cully on the sideline and a lot of times it was more so on very critical 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 moments in the game whether it was the two-time David Cully threw his flags out rather it was a time you know they decided to go you know for a field goal or whatever the case might be for the first time ever and like and I don't want to speculate too much on this because I wasn't there to really see it in person but it seemed like David Cully was literally in command as a head coach I was going there. And, and the I, reason why I, I wanted to bring that up because going there. when you go back and you take a look at all the other games, what was it, all the, the other nine games of the season, every time there was a moment you could see David Culley, you know, talking on the headset. You could see people, whether it's 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 Tim Kelly or Frank Ross or Lovey Smith, always in his face. And it seems like he just, oh, my God, I don't know which way to go, which way. For the first time ever, it he seemed like. When it was a flat, it was David Cully making the decision. I did not see David Cully talking to members of his coaching staff, and I didn't see him too much on the headset either. So, and John, once again, it goes back to what you and I talked about, this power struggle going on, because I mentioned, and, and I got word of this, David Cully did not want to be a one-win coach. Now, I don't know if, he just, if he's happy with just being a two-win coach. I mean, we'll see next Sunday because I do believe they can also beat the New York Jets, and maybe that might be the, okay, y'all won three games, that's it. But for the first time ever, I saw David Culley, actually his body language, his presence, his aura, everything that you wanted to see in the head coach, you kind of saw it on Sunday, and I, I was happy for that at least. I think he looked a lot – more comfortable in his head coaching role, maybe the most comfortable I've seen him since that win against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I think he was comfortable that game because, you know, he was also in the same situation uh, of the person he was going against, rookie head coach, rookie quarterback, right? And 
Mm. A lot of misfortune has happened for David Cully, which I think, you know, we talk about the speed of the NFL for quarterbacks, young players at times, but how about the speed of the NFL for head coaches, right? Mm. You are the final say, and you, 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 you didn't have an opportunity to put together the coaching staff. So I'm sure at times there are moments where you may be, defaulting to somebody that you may not want to or have a, a long-standing relationship as to where maybe David Cully would have brought in a guy that he's known for and coached with and worked with for years, and then you guys are kind of on one page. The Houston Texans have been in the situation. We haven't talked about it a lot, actually, where, you know, how much is this team on one page simply because they were put together, not brought together. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they were put together. But, you know, David Cully didn't bring him here. But we shot now David Cully. I want to shout out Lovey Smith, as I mentioned early in the show. But, you know, overall, you know who else I want to give a shout out to? Uh, right now, I want to give a shout out to Bobby King, the defensive line coach. I want to give mm-hmm. a shout out to Greg Jackson, the safety coach. I want to give a shout out to, excuse me, Alan Smith, the assistant defensive line, defensive assistant. But, Miles Smith, the linebackers coach, I think this was probably the best game for the linebacker unit all year. And they played with some continuity. This was the first time that I saw Zach Cunningham look engaged, Uh you know, and he's the player that's making a lot of money, speculation on whether or not Houston would move on from him, whether it's before the trade deadline or heading into this offseason. He looked engaged. Cunningham and Hill looked very good together. They they partnered well together. That's something that I was, you know, waiting to see for a long time. So I mentioned early in the show how great the front seven played. We have not talked about the front seven a lot. We've talked about the front four. I'm super happy for that unit as a as as a as a defense because they've taken a lot of slack and a lot of that wasn't warranted. You know, circumstances have been what they are. I'm on the field too much, and at some point I get tired. The big boys get tired. But shout out to Miles Smith and that linebacker core because they played their ass off on Sunday. And you know what happened on Sunday that didn't happen last year? Last year, Houston had Deshaun Watson. They didn't beat Tennessee neither one, neither, neither one of them games, right? Mm-hmm. This year, they got Tyrod Taylor number five, <laughs> and they got a dub against the Tennessee Titans. The league – I'm sorry, not the league leading, but the division, AFC South leading division leaders right now and one of the great teams in the NFL. That will boost – a team like the Houston Texans confidence, man. And they deserve it. They deserve it. They deserve it. They deserve it. And now we got to see what happens next against the New York Jets. I'm John. Some sports guy Hickman. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. Follow us on Twitter at locked on Texans. Like us on Facebook. Also go to YouTube, subscribe to the locked on Texans page, like, and comment. You guys should be in them comments this week. Okay. We're not crowning nobody. We know we, I know y'all like to say we're not crowning nobody. We're not doing too much, but y'all was in the comments during all uh, during the losses. Be in the comments during the win, okay? <laughs> I think they will. I think they will. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, it's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.